Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It's it's nice to go live again. I, you know, I <laughs> I don't go live very often, and I like it. So, so yeah. Hop on. Let me know where you're from. It's always nice. So, and I will I will dive into it because, <laughs> you know, like I, I try just, you know, uh, getting into the topic even, like right off the bat in the beginning, because like when I'm watching other lives and people are just sitting there, like waiting for people to come in, it's always so boring for me. Like it's my ADHD, you know, and I'm sure it's it, it's it's not them. I mean, because most people do it. Right? So I, I, I imagine it, most people, it doesn't bother. I just don't have the patience. So I just kind of, it's like, uh, okay, we're just sitting here and they're not talking about anything. So, so I just, I leave. Um, so this is why I kind of like stepping into the topic right off the bat. So yeah, let me know where you're watching from as I get into this. Um, I'm talking about societal change today. This is such a big, big topic. Um, that we can come at it in a lot of different places. Hey, Sarah, Laguna Beach. Love it. Sounds like a beautiful place. I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, societal change. It's like the reason I'm doing this is one of my friends, Natalie, from back, um, back where I grew up in Massachusetts, like commented on a post and she said, these conversations need to happen, you know, and really to be honest with you, you know, I mean, people say that every once in a while, but for some reason, when she cool, cool, Sarah, uh, for some reason, when she said that it just kind of struck me a little bit deeper. And I was like, she, you know, she's right. And what I, uh, I said back to her, is that these conversations are starting to and we can you know we can have these conversations more and more and we need to we need to have these conversations and we can do it by posting about them you know that we're, we're on social media all the time and we're putting these posts and there's so much negativity out there of course right so we don't want to do that so like we just starve what we don't want and feed what we do want so we do have to feed what we want more of in the world and and or in our lives we have to feed that so you know make posts like share like you don't even have to go make your own post if one of my posts or somebody else's post that you think has a good message share it that's all just go down to the bottom and click share and just share it you know so that's actually putting energy out there that actually does something it's energy when it, what you know everything is energy our attention is our is energy when we take action 
It's energy. So whenever we do anything, it's putting energy towards the topic. So if I have a good post out there and you share it, that you're taking your energy and packing it on top of my energy and pushing it out into the public. You're taking action. That is energy. So you're, you're you know, I mean, I, I know it sounds weird, but it's not. <laughs> Please understand this. It's not weird. It's like if so. So I'll, I'm going to try to, you know, kind of get it out of this ethereal, spiritual, woo woo way that I'm saying it and bring it into real life, which is really what this podcast is about. Real life change. So how does this work? I'm saying that if you share my posts, that is putting it out there and is energy. So, so the way this plays out in the long run is if more and more people do it, if more and more people take the time to, to share positive posts and share positive um, ways of looking at things, what happens is there's more of it out there, right? If there's more of it out there, then it's going to take up a higher percentage of social media posts because there's more of it. And then we, we don't share the negative ones and we share the positive ones. So now all of a sudden it starts shifting. So now people are exposed to more positive thoughts. Okay. And then this is how it helps change society. <clears throat> the reason that, that like in, in addiction, they have you go to 90 meetings in 90 days a lot of times in the beginning, or they just say hit a meeting every day, or they say hit as many meetings as you can or whatever. The reason there's a lot of meetings in the beginning, especially in recovery, is because the way society is is so messed up. It's so – like alcoholism or addiction is um, – the, the, the substance – the alcohol or the drugs is a solution. It's not the problem. The problem is that we are maladjusted to life. We're not, in, we're not, we don't understand how to interact with, with life in a healthy way. And it's not important why it's just that we don't, because <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but we're maladjusted to life. So we turn to drugs and alcohol. Okay. So the reason that you go to a meeting every day is because you're out in a world with all this negativity and it gets to you. So you have to go to a meeting every day to, to get that, that positive food and positivity is, uh, I don't, I think they actually have numbers for this, like a thousand times stronger or something like that than negative energy. So, but like, you don't need, you can go to work and live out in society for 12 hours a day and then go to a meeting for one hour a day. And that's enough. So like, you don't have to, because positive energy is that much stronger. So you don't have to be in a positive environment for 12 hours to handle a one hour negative. You know, it's, it, it's okay. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't have to change your whole life. Like, my point is, is that we need positivity to, to we, we need exposure to it on a consistent basis. And when, it, when we get exposed to it on a consistent basis, it starts changing the neural pathways in our brain and we start interacting with life in healthier ways, the ways that we are taught in the meetings. 
Okay, so this, it's the same in society. If we are exposed to positive ways of looking at things over and over and over, instead of hearing, oh, it's not fair, the government uh, is suppressing us and there's nothing we can do and it's so horrible and life's tough and I can't pay my bills and there's, there's, there's no opportunity and, 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 and all this negative BS that is just inundating society. Like we need something to combat that. And the more we feed this stuff, the better. So if, if people are exposed to it more and more in any way, shape or form, it, it starts sinking into their head more and more. And we start creating new neural pathways and it starts to make sense. And we're like, yeah, I don't have to be a victim. If, if, if you were, if you're just in a group of people all day and you go, Oh, this sucks. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, I wish there was something we could do. I know, but there's not, it's horrible. And you're just in that all the time. You think it's actually true. Why? Because it's the only information that you're exposed to on a consistent basis. So if you're exposed to something else, it plants that seed. Maybe you're not ready to do it now, but we're planting seeds. And then after a while, after sometimes it's, it's, it's one time somebody hears that and it clicks. Sometimes it's 100 times. Sometimes it's 100,000 times. It doesn't matter. If it, at some point, if you hear positive messages over and over and over, you're probably going to have a day where you go, I keep hearing this. Is there any truth to it? Can I change my own life? Maybe I can, you know, and that's how mental change starts. That's why sharing a simple post or what else did I write? Um, sharing a post, commenting like my friend Natalie did. She commented that that helps. It's putting energy towards it. Um, in real life, discuss it with friends, family. And, and if like, you know, the conversation starts getting, oh, that's not true. Or, or people aren't ready to hear it. Drop it. It's okay. You, having conversations is not about convincing the other person. Okay. This is what we have to understand. Because in this day and age, everybody thinks that if you have a conversation, then you have to convince whoever you're conversating with that your way of thinking is right. That's not a conversation. We don't have to run around trying to change people. Let them think whatever the hell they want to think. It's just about planting seeds. I've affected more people by letting them think whatever they want to think than anything that I've ever done. Why? Because they don't feel pressure. They feel love. And that opens their mind. You have to think like I think. Nobody ever changes their thinking when somebody says that. <laughs> You know, if somebody comes up to you and, and, and you say, well, I think this way and they go, that's stupid. You shouldn't think that way. You need to think my way. And then they just lay into you and give you all these reasons why you're supposed to think their way. Do you ever go, oh, you're right. I think I will think your way. No. 99%. I mean, every once in a blue moon, maybe <laughs> as a general rule, your defenses go up. You can feel it because it's manipulation energy because they're trying to change you and the way that you think. And you can feel that. So you just put your defenses up. And so that's not what a conversation is. A conversation is, <clears throat> is an exchange of ideas allowing each party to remain with their own. It's their free will. It's their free choice. You don't have to change them. 
just express a loving idea and then let it go. If they say, ah, it's BS, ah, well, you, you, have, you have the right to your opinion. That's why, and drop it. You don't have to like stay on it. Just plant seeds. It's just, yeah, I look at it this way. And then just walk and drop it. That's all. That's all we have to do. This is how all social change takes place. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. <clears throat> yeah, this is, yeah, most political. Well, it's not even political. Yes, it is political discussions, but it's every discussion. It, or maybe every discussion is classified as political now. I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> but like you can't, you can't say that it's raining too much without somebody saying, no, the earth needs it. Like everything's an argument nowadays. <laughs> uh, so what if we share something that we think is a positive, but it doesn't land that way with someone else and they comment negatively and it starts a negative cycle of comments and debate? Good question. So, so yeah, like if, if you post something positive, just, I mean, it depends on the person like me, I go by feel like I have a, I don't back down. Well, I don't walk away well. So, and, and I think, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I've done some shadow work where I've really started accepting that aspect of myself more. You know, because I, you know, like, like I had a very violent past and, and it's like, I judge myself a lot for being aggressive and, and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it served a purpose. And do I want to be a jerk? No. And I'm going to try not to be a jerk, but I'm going to be more aggressive and I'm going to piss people off. Why? Because it's my personality. It's how I've gotten a lot of, uh, it's how I've lived my life. I pissed off people since I came out of the womb. It's, you know, sorry, like, because I don't fit into society. So that's going to piss off people. I'm, I don't do what I'm told. That pisses a lot of people off. Tough. <laughs> you know. So for me, I'll probably engage in some of that stuff. But if you don't have, uh, if somebody doesn't have that edge to them where they don't want to engage, then don't engage. And sometimes I don't want to engage and I just don't. So just don't engage. And I mean, you know, if it gets really bad, you could even delete the post. I've done that before, you know, where it's just, it, it created an, an argument that I didn't intend. So, you know, I kind of look at the post as a whole with the comments and I'm like, this is just a negative, it, like it shifted the energy. There's, it, it just basically turned it into a negative post. And I'm like, oh, this isn't even worth being out there. I'll delete it and delete it, whatever. I mean, you know, we can't have it. At, we can't think that a post is going to change the world. It's, you know, whatever, put it out there. Doesn't go over well, take it down. You know, what? It, there's no rules, you know? So, so like, you know, what I was saying about the, um, the post, it's this... <laughs> There it is. So the, the original post said there is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Um, that was said by Mar Margaret J. Wheatley. Right. <clears throat> so what I said was 
this is where we are heading. All the clarity we're gaining by finally seeing the lies, manipulation, and greed that runs the world is frustrating to say, to say the least. However, it's a necessary step for proper change to take place. People most often change when they can't stand how things are anymore and eventually take responsibility for their lives. That's when things change, right? And they start going, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I don't care what the consequences are. I'm going to make a move. So it's the same dynamic in community. Once a community stops focusing on their surface differences, well, I think Democrats have more good policies. No, I think Republicans have more good policies. Who cares? <laughs> Neither one of them care about you or your life or society in general. They, they don't care. They just want power and money. So it do, doesn't matter about their policies. It's, it's surfacy. You guys got to, you got to look deeper than that. The, the politics is a flipping game that doesn't do anything. It's ridiculous. So, oh my God, this thing, this post, <laughs> this little quirks with, um, with things like if my screen goes off, I have to scroll back to get to the darn post. <clears throat> um, so once a community stops focusing on their surface differences and begins focusing on what we have in common, they become united and things begin to change. We all want peace, love, and happiness in our lives. As this becomes more important than being right, we'll birth these qualities into existence together as one united tribe. Okay, this is where society is going right now. So what we need to do is have these discussions. And, and you know, I've, I've talked about this dynamic before, but I think it's important to understand how societal change happens. So we look at history. Let's look, you know, just look where, where has society changed? So, I, you know, with this, I, I think of... I think of women's rights, um, equal rights, slavery, you know, all in the United States. When those changes took place, most people like they, you know, I'm always saying we got to look deeper. We have to question things. We have to, you have to understand the dynamic if you're going to duplicate it. Like you can't look at slavery ending in the United States and go, oh, yeah, that was Abraham Lincoln and the, the Civil War. Huh? No, it wasn't like that's not it's not what happened. Like <laughs> you, you have to you have to look deeper to understand how change took place. The way change, the way slavery ended was because there were more people in the United States that thought slavery was wrong. That's how it changed. So, and, and to prove this, let's, let's look at, you know, let's look at the, the opposite way. If that was untrue, right. And there were more people in the United States that just said, no, slavery is good and it's right. And we should have it. If that was the general consensus of people. When Abraham Lincoln tried to make his move, it never would have happened because he didn't have the energy and the people behind him that were, you know, everything is energy. That's what changes. Like you, 
you 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 can't just come in and just be like, oh, you know, I'm a leader of a country that is based on slavery and everybody thinks slavery is wonderful and I'm just going to stop it. No, you're not. <laughs> like, you're not, you know, you're not just going to change that. I mean, he got killed for Christ's sakes. I mean, you know, that that's just an inkling of the resistance that you would get, right? So the way it happened was... Of course, there was no social media, right? So it's discussions, it's conversations like this. That's how it happened. So what happens is people go to have tea and they're like, you know, the, 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 the person that I have working in my house, like we have wonderful conversations all the time. They're, they're you know, like they're a person like, and, and I don't think it doesn't seem right to own people like it. it and, and we don't treat them like people. And I, I, I don't think that's right. Those were the conversations that were happening all over the country more and more and more. And there were seeds planted. And it probably took many, many, many years because people just didn't question, well, that's slavery. That's just how things are, you know? So they didn't want to open their minds and think a different way. But one person just was like, no, man, I, I just don't think this is right. And, and they're like, you know, they, they, they're really good people. And like they're, they're human beings and we need, we're supposed to treat them better. It feels weird. And then somebody else goes, oh my God, I was thinking that too. That is weird. What are we doing? Is that, this can't be right. And those types of conversations spread and spread and spread. And Little by little, people started expanding their minds and going, yeah, you know what? That way of thinking feels more right to me than this old way of thinking that's been passed down generation to generation to generation. I know that like when I was a kid, we just all thought that's how it was. But now that I'm older and I've been around these people, like it just doesn't seem right. I think I think we I think we have to stop this. That's what I'm talking about, that's how large social change happens. When the people have conversations amongst themselves and create a new norm based on something that's loving and healthy and better. And the same thing happened with women's rights. You think like, you know, like, like these women weren't sitting home having all these conversations and then trying to get into the workplace and experiencing all this crap. And then them going like, I don't think this, and then having conversations with their husbands and their husband going like, I'm a freaking human being, man. Like I need rights. Like this is ridiculous. Those conversations took place in the home at dinner out uh, having coffee and tea and over lunch for years before anything actually happened. That is how large social change happens. Same with equal rights. You know, so it's not, you know, understand the dynamic. You know, you talk, we talk about a grassroots campaign, right? And we think like when I say grassroots, I think that people think like, oh, that's a grassroots campaign. Well, those are really difficult. Those are hard, those grassroots ones. And, you know, I'm not going to walk around knocking on doors, signing petitions and, and, and holding up signs. So I don't know about that stuff. Like, that's not what a grassroots campaign is. I mean, of course, some of them are, but everything is grassroots campaigns. 
all large social change is a grassroots campaign because it starts with the conversations that we have. It starts with us discussing different ways, healthier ways of thinking and being with each other. And then people start going like, yeah, okay. I think, you know, I think that is something to what you're saying. Isn't that interesting? You know, so that this is how large social change takes place. It, it takes place by, hey, Mateo. <laughs> Come on in. Mateo's here now in the Dominican. You want to say hi? Stick your face over here and wave. Oh, man. <laughs> hi. Hey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's how social change takes place. So everything is grassroots. It starts with the conversations. That's why these conversations are so important. Because when we have them, what happens is the we we it, it starts affecting the brain. We start going instead of going, this is <laughs> thanks, Sarah. This is the way we're supposed to think. This is the way we're supposed to think. This is the way we're supposed to think. You know, we're locked into that just by domestication, societal standards, the way we were raised, generations before, all that stuff. And we're just this is the way things are. This is the way things are, right? And what happens is we start having conversations and we start discussing things. And then all of a sudden through these discussions, there's a new norm that's created. A new normal starts bubbling up and we start going like, hey, you know, that, like, you know I, 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 this is right. This is really right. You know, and then, of course, it probably leads into like as this is going on, the the people in power feel it. They hear about it. They know they know that the natives are getting restless. (laughs) So so and a lot of times what they do, what they do when something starts gaining power and they can feel the pressure of societal change, what they'll do, one of the tricks that they do is they will throw the public a bone. You know, they'll, they'll be like, um, I don't know if this is a good example, so bear with me, but, but um, you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, what? Like um, emissions are really bad for the earth and, and that's getting a real popular argument. So what we'll do is we'll like pass a law that like in over 10 years that all car companies have to, cut emissions by 10% something, you know, and they figure out like they talk to the car companies because, you know, they pay them money (laughs) to be politicians (laughs) and pass laws in their favor. So, you know, they talk to the lobbyists and they go, Hey, like, you know, we got to do something, man. We're feeling pressure. So like 10% in 10 years, can you guys do that? No, that's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Well, we got to give them something. Come on. And then they finally go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then they pass the law at 10%. Now, the problem is is that in, in these situations is that, you know, and, and I'm not saying these numbers are right. I'm sure they're not. I'm just using this as an example. The problem is, is that you need to cut emissions by 50% in 10 years for it to actually affect anything in a positive way. But we are so conditioned by society 
we don't think that we don't. <laughs> it's amazing to me that we don't think this. Well, not the general public. I understand why we don't think like this, but it's amazing to me that the people who are actually at the forefront of these movements don't think this way. They sit there and they go, we, we got a victory. We got a victory. No, you didn't. And then they go thank their congressman <laughs> for doing something that has no positive effect, but looks good. We have to stop doing that. We have to stop with, you know, when they throw us a bone and say like, oh, you guys are, you guys are mad about this. Oh, we'll, we'll throw you a bone and pass a, like, I, I think I saw it with the, the mothers against drunk driving. Like when I was in school, the mothers against drunk driving really started. And I think that they really implemented a lot of positive change in that area. Okay. Like there were, you know, when I was a kid, I can't count how many times I got pulled over drunk driving and I only got arrested once. And I mean, so, so like they, they actually increased the laws and, and they made the roads safer. Right. So, so I think that they in, induced a lot of positive change in the beginning but then, and I don't know if it was their pressure, but it really seemed like they were the loudest ones yelling. And what they started doing was like, they just kept dropping, <laughs> like they were relentless. They would not stop. So they just kept dropping the like legal limit to drink. And now I haven't looked at these numbers in a long time, but to me, it seemed like it was like, they just kept dropping the legal limit. So basically like if you had a glass of wine with a steak dinner, you still had enough alcohol in your system if you blew a breathalyzer to get arrested, which is ridiculous. That's not, <laughs> you know, but the reason I'm bringing this up as an example is like that isn't what's killing people, right? But it was them throwing a dog a bone. It was going, oh, okay, well, we'll pass another law. We'll lower the drinking limit even more. And lowered even more. Now, in the beginning, them you know lowering the drinking limit really made positive change. It was good. They did something good. But going from you know again, I don't know that these numbers are real. I'm just using the, this is an example of the mentality. Okay, so don't get caught up in the numbers or the example. I'm just using these examples so you can wrap your brain around the mentality that I'm talking about. The mentality that I'm talking about is throwing a dog a bone. That means nothing that doesn't induce change. This is how they keep us in a holding pattern. So they'll, they'll be like, oh, I'll drop the, the, the legal you know, drinking limit to, to from 0 .3 down, 0 .03 down to 0.02. Uh, okay, so, so you're still making ground. And they go, okay. And then they do that. And it's like, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't really do anything. It's not addressing the problem. You know, who's out on the road killing people? People with suspended licenses. Okay, maybe you should address that problem because that's the actual problem. They're still driving. Maybe we can put an ankle bracelet on them. And it's, I don't freaking know what the answer is. My point is, is you know, we have to look at the progress we make and actually see if it's progress or not. And it's not a getting a, a dog getting a bone thrown to them. Hey, Natalie, thanks for joining us. So this is Natalie that that uh, that sparked this conversation. 
Um, and Sarah, I just feel like these days, let me see. I just feel like these days we are so lucky if we can find people who are open to the discussions and don't just go straight to defensiveness and avoidance to hearing another viewpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, what I do, like I always make it about me because it's much harder to argue with people when I make it about me. And, and I, I'm not saying that people don't try. It's just when they try, I can basically shut them up pretty easily <laughs> because it's about me. So like what I do is I just, you know, if I'm in a group of people that are, are obviously thinking in a different way than I think, a lot of times I keep my mouth shut if I know that it's useless because it's useless. Don't talk to those people. Talk to people that are more, you know, you don't have to have these conversations all the time blindly. Oh, there's a human being. I have to tell them something positive. No, just, just do it when the situation is right, when the situation is conducive. That's all. If you're around a bunch of negative people, don't have a positive conversation with them. That's not the time, right? You can choose not to do it. So only do it on social media. Only do it where they can't yell, <laughs> you know, where they can't come back at you personally, uh, only on, uh, on posts. Or like me, what I do in those situations is, you know, I, I don't do too well at keeping my mouth shut. So I had to figure out a way to handle this. So I do try to keep my mouth shut as much as possible. But when people start talking directly to me, like in a group, that's when I have problems or when they, uh, and God forbid, if they ask me my opinion, then I have really bad problems keeping my mouth shut because now they just opened up the door and asked me. So in those situations, if I either feel like doing it or I, um, or I, I feel like they just opened the door and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell that. Like, I refuse to be inauthentic. So I refuse to sit there and go, well, yeah, yeah, you know. I see, what, you know, you, you have a point. If I don't think they have a point, I don't do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. But I do make it about me. So if they ask me or if I feel like I want to plant a seed and take a risk or whatever, if I decide to engage, then I'll just, I'll make it about me and I'll just be like, well, I, I look at it like this, like how, you know, how, how can they attack that? I look at it like this. Oh, well, that's not right. Well, it's just the way I look at it. You don't have to look at it like that. It's just the way I look at it. Well, it's not right. Well, to you, it's not right. It's fine. You have the right to your opinion. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you, you have to believe like this. I'm just saying, this is how I look at it. This is my perspective. This is my opinion and I have a right to it. So, well, that's foolish. You, you, you said that like three times. Do you have any other material or are you just going to stand there telling me how foolish I am? It, it's just, I don't think I'm foolish because I have the right to my own opinion. You, th you think me having the right to my own opinion is foolish and I have no right to think for myself? Is, is, that, is that what's so foolish about this? No, your opinion. I, I, don't, I don't care if you agree with that. You know, so like I take it off the topic and make it about me. 
it's not it, it's not about that. As soon as somebody challenges my right to have an alternative perspective, the conversation is no longer about what we're talking about. It's about me and self-respect. Now, all of a sudden, they're attacking me. And, and that's when I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're, you're saying I don't have the right to my own opinion? That's not cool. Because I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's my family. I don't care if it's my friend. I don't care if it's my boss. I don't care if it's my girlfriend. I don't care if it's my son. If anybody tells me I don't have the right to my own opinion, that's unacceptable to me. And I'm not going to let that slide. You can go. You can step out of my life. I don't care if I talk to you again. Because I will not be disrespected. You To be in my life, you have to respect me and the, my right to my opinion. And if you can't handle that, I don't care if you're in my life. You can step out. I don't need you. That's to me, that's foundational. You know, that that's why that's why I hang on to that. It's just you, you, you can't nobody's going to tell me how to think. We're all individuals. And if you can't comprehend that, then the chances of me having a healthy relationship with somebody that can't even understand that I have the right to my own opinion, if they can't ingest that into their brain and shut their mouth and let me have my own opinion, there's no hope for a healthy uh, relationship with that person. There's none. That's like a foundation. They can't even respect me as a human being. And the fact that I have the right to my own opinion. Like if you can't, if you can't handle that, I you may go, you know? So that's why most people won't go that far. You know, most people, if you back them into a corner and you're like, hey, I, you have the right to your opinion. This is just mine. That's all. It's just my opinion. I'm not trying to talk you into my opinion. And I'm just asking you to respect it. And I respect yours. You have the right to yours. And I'm not trying to change it. Respect mine. Respect me. That's all. Now, you know, like I said, people get all heated and they get all irrational. And if they can't handle that, then they can step out of my life. But most people, if you push them far enough with that, say, let me understand this. You're telling me you refuse to respect the fact that I have my own opinion. I have no right to my own opinion. And I'm a fool and I'm stupid because I don't think like you. That, do I have this right? Most people will not say, yes, that's right. <laughs> Most people won't. And the few people that will, they can go. And if they want to call me up the next day and apologize and tell me they got all jacked up and they weren't thinking, that's fine. I'll forgive them. But you're not going to be in my life if you can't respect me. <laughs> no. So so this is, you know, we have to have a leg to stand on. And that's the leg. It's just about respect. No longer about whatever we're talking about. So you can do that with any subject. No matter what the subject is. It's you just make it about this is how I look at it. Well, why? Like you, uh, the other thing that's along those lines that I say, depending on the topic, is I'll say, like, you know, a, a lot of 
how I live my life is focused on being happy and, and less stressed and things like this. This is how I live my life. You know, th those might be the words that I use to people who don't aren't into spirituality. Right. So I'll just be like, um, you know, I, I just, I put a lot of work into my life trying to be happy and less stressed. So what I found for me is when I think this way, I experience life, more happiness in my life, and I experience less stress. It's just for me, you know, and most people don't argue with that. They're like, oh, huh, because most people don't hear talk like that, <laughs> you know, so they don't have this automatic comeback. They're like, huh. Oh, this guy like focuses on his happiness and huh. And he thinks, so he thinks he's choosing to think differently. Oh, that's okay. And that's a seed right there. So what do you guys think about, you know, social change? Do you, do you, you know, what I'm saying, is that resonating do you see how it's a collective energy? It's a collective mindset. What is, what is acceptable? Like, um, you know, it's, I, I, I think we have it in politics now. It's, it's like, you know, I was, <laughs> I was just shocked. I was, sh I was literally shocked that we got to the point where we had Joe Biden and, and uh, Trump as the two people to choose from. I, I was like, to me, that was like the beginning of the end. I'm like these two knuckleheads, are, are even have the audacity to stand up on national television and say that they're the ones that should be representing the American people. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like it, <laughs> it's comical to me that we've gotten that far, that that's acceptable, that that's acceptable. These two people of such poor moral character and, and lack of ability. It, it, <laughs> you know, and then we wonder why there's problems. It's like, it, it, come on, guys. Like, the, the, do you see that we're the frog in the pot? Do you see the difference between presidential candidates like back uh 200 years ago 100 years ago 50 years ago to now i mean at least like and i'm not pretending that past presidents were saints i know that they're probably all corrupt to some degree but at least they had the audacity to 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 lie well like these people don't even lie well they just stand up there and tell blatant lies that that all you have to do is run a Google search 13 seconds later, which I have done. And, and, and like, and you're like, they literally just lied to me and they both do it. Like, and it's not even hidden anymore, you know? And then they get into office. They do 99% of what they said they do. They completely flip and do the opposite. And, and, <laughs> and, and then, you know, and we and we just accept it. We're the frog in the hot water. We, we, like a hundred years ago, that never would have flown. That's when people were actually patriots. We don't have patriots now. 
we have people that sit around going, if you question a government, you're not a patriot. Back 100 years ago, the presidents and the patriots were saying, if you don't question your government, you are not a patriot. You, you have to question your government if you call yourself a patriot. That's how it should be. You know, and maybe they thought it was a lie, too. Maybe they're just doing it to sound good. I don't know. But at least they sounded good. <laughs> you know, that's my point. Like, so we're, 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 we're slowly boiling to death. And we're just accepting these new norms. And I mean, that's where we have been up until this point. But that's changing now. We are getting out of that now, which is cool. You know, we're starting to wake up and we're starting to, to, to look at, at this stuff and go, oh, my God. Like it, every, you know, money's just being funneled up by the trillions. They're, they're, they're stripping our freedoms left and right. The, the, the people that are representing us are complete jackasses that constantly lie and they don't even do it well anymore. And it's, it's just, it's just so obvious it's everywhere. And, but that's a good thing. Like this is good. It's a good thing because our eyes are opening. Our eyes are opening so we can have these conversations and we can say, this is unacceptable. And we don't have to necessarily run out and grab a picket sign. What we have to do is we have to have these conversations with people and we have to start saying this is unacceptable. We have to stop supporting the government and, and big pharma and what they call science. You know, like that, that was the biggest joke with COVID. Oh, you don't trust the science? It's nothing to do with science. It's politics. The board decides what Pfizer says. The scientists don't. The scientists work for them. <laughs> we weren't getting scientific studies. We're getting what the board determined was scientific studies. So, like, we have to start seeing through this stuff, which we are. And like I said, it's frustrating and it's overwhelming and it's scary. And that's what closes people back off. It's scary, man. Like, when you start seeing this stuff and going, oh, my God. Like at first, it's scary. You don't have to be scared. Trust me. You do not have to be scared. And you will get over that hump of fear. But it's going to hit you at first. You just have to, when that wall of fear comes up, when you start looking at this stuff and look at it yourself, don't take my word for it. Don't take the government's word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. Just do your own research. Look into something that you, that you uh, take anything. <laughs> At this point, everything is so corrupt and backwards. Take anything. Take anything that doesn't resonate with you. Like, why was Walmart open when they closed um, small businesses during COVID? Take that. Research it. Take uh, mask research. Research it. Take, uh, and that's just COVID stuff. Take, uh, you know, research the government. Research Pfizer. Research anything that, just look into anything that you have questions about or that you, look into something that you think you know the truth about because you don't know the truth. Because I don't know the truth. None of us know the truth because the truth is hidden. <laughs> so I don't know, like, you know, people think that just because I say the government lies to us and, and Pfizer lies to us, that I'm saying that everything that comes out of Pfizer's mouth is a lie. I'm not saying that. I don't know what was in the vaccine. I have no idea what's in the vaccine. That's my problem. 
is I don't know. I'm not saying they're putting little microscopic cameras in there and they're going to track us all or they're putting poison. We're all going to be dead in 15 years. Like, I'm not saying anything. I don't know what's in it. But what I do know is that they lie consistently. So for me to take the word of a company that has been caught lying to the public about what is in their vaccines, they've literally been caught lying about what's in their vaccines. They've literally been caught lying about their research. They've literally caused tremendous amounts of death because of it. And they just pay their fine and continue on because their profits are bigger. That's just fact. I am not going to take their word. I don't know if the vaccine is good or if the vaccine is bad. What I do know is I ain't putting it into my body. Why? Because it's put out by a bunch of liars. That's why. Simple as that. I don't have to know what's in it. I just have to know that the people that are doing it lie about health and kill people. That's enough for me to go, no, I'd rather not do that. That's like going to a drug dealer that has killed three of your friends and go, well, he said that there was no bad stuff in this batch. So I'm going to trust him. <laughs> Seriously? Look into stuff. Make up your own mind. And then have conversations about what you find out. Talk about it. Just don't walk through life blindly. This is our opportunity, people. And that's why I'm having this conversation. It's because I want to, I want to sit there and, and I want you guys to think about this stuff. And I want it to become normal to have conversations. You know, it, it's Memorial Day today, you know, and here I am trashing the government. Absolutely, I'm trashing the government. Why? Because it doesn't give a flying crap about its people. That's why. It has nothing to do with the people who have died fighting. I, I, quite honestly, I think if you took most of the people that died fighting for the freedom that is supposedly in this country, and they saw the freedoms that have been stripped away from the American people in the last five years, they're turning over in their graves right now going, are you freaking kidding me? I died for your freedom. And you guys are just sitting on your asses, letting the government pull it from you. United States isn't free. It's not free. Go to a trap. If you think the United States is free, travel. Because it ain't. <laughs> Dominican Republic is 100 times more free. There's a rule for everything in the United States. They dictate everything. There's no freedom there. You know? And this is... So, so I, you know, I, I believe that I'm a patriot because I question the government. Because the, the standards that 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 we 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 think that the united states is for are non-existent at this point we are not free you know so so to to honor the people who who have died fighting for freedom i think we could honor them by taking our freedom back that's i think the best gift we could give them because they freaking died for it and here we are just handing it over like a frog in a hot pot Oh, they're turning the heat up slow. So I'll just sit here and die and let them take it. Like, wake up, man. Wake up and, and you know, allow the, like, I, th I so I'm going to wrap up with this. 
like I, I think this is important to understand. Okay. So like, I want to slow down for a minute. Your, the reason that some of this stuff isn't sinking in and it's not more normalized by this point already is because of the fear that I mentioned earlier. And, and, and don't close off for a minute. Just hold on, just relax, stay open mind, keep that open mind and just pause, breathe. And let me explain this for a second. You know, there's a quote by Mark Twain that says it's easier to, to, um, it's easier to lie to people than to convince them that they've been lied to or something like that. And it's true. It's, it, it's easier to lie to people because they want to believe they want to put, you want, you don't want to think that your government's screwing you over because it's a big pain in the ass. And then you got to go stand up to your government and nobody wants to do that. So it's much easier just to play small and then go, la, 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 no, they have my best interest at heart. La, 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 la. It's much easier to do that. And, and we've done it for 200 years. But it's gotten to the end now. You can't deny it anymore. They don't have your best interest at heart. So, so you, have to, you have to take the head out of the sand and just go, see it for what it is. And it's okay. It's okay. You, I, I understand that there's going to be a wave of fear at first. I understand that it's scary to think that I might be right. And some of this stuff is actually happening. I get that. But if, if you just keep, keep your mind open and keep breathing and just relax and just, and, and understand this, this has been going on for, you know, a very long time. We've been out of control of our own lives for a very long time. And you've still, you've made it this far. You're going to make it further. You're fine. You're going to be okay. You don't have to panic and, and, and think that you're going to be living in a cave next week. It's not that urgent. Okay. So just relax. Let the fear go through you and dissipate a little bit and relax into it. And what you're going to do, and if you do that, your mind will open more because that's the fear keeps our mind. La, 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 I'm not listening to Glenn. That's fear. Oh, he's ridiculous. That's fear. Relax. Because everything that I've said has countless evidence to it. Countless. It's not even, it's not even close. <laughs> so, so it's, so like just, relax into it and just be maybe i don't know maybe and then look into something and and then when that fear strikes oh my god oh wait i don't have to do anything i'm just looking into it. i'm just gathering information you're in the gathering information stage you don't have to take any action you don't have to do anything okay so so just do that and then you get used to it and you go back then you go to work tomorrow right and you find out that your life is still the same just because you opened your mind and, and you were exposed to new ways of thinking and believing and, and you started looking at the world differently. It doesn't mean that your whole life has to fall apart. You can go to work tomorrow. You can still have a salad for lunch. It's OK. You know, and it's just it's just about allowing the reality of life to, to actually come back up to the surface instead of this facade that we've been living in for hundreds of years and start seeing it for what it is. And then, then it's okay. We'll, we'll figure out how to change it. We'll change it. It's fine. You know, it's, it's not the end of the world. We'll figure it out.
But but you have to be able to be honest with yourself. And fear constricts and tightens. And then what does that do? You know, like uh, think about it. There's only everything is two ways on planet Earth. It's a planet of duality. There's always two options: is openness and there's close. So this this openness allows flow. Close is constricting and tightening. That's what fear does. It tightens and constricts. So so when you're like when you're like that, that you know, oh, who sings that song? Who sings that song? I can't think of it. Because you're trying real hard. You're efforting. The, and, and so efforting and fear and all that stuff, it's just that constricts you. Relax. Just relax. You don't have to run out and go change the world tomorrow. Just relax and start letting this new way of thinking come in. And then that new way of thinking will eventually become the norm. And then societal change. Then the leaders will arise. The spearheads of the movements will arise. Once we get to a certain point and enough people are thinking like this, see what happens is right now there's not enough people thinking like this. So, so the leaders are there. They're already there. Like we already have leaders that can lead us through this stuff. Okay. And some of them are out there talking. But not enough people are hearing them. They don't have enough energy behind them to push them and, and actually make the change. So when we get more people that are thinking outside the box and going, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. And that becomes our new normal way of thinking. And then we, they, we run across some leader that's speaking like this. That can be the spearhead of the movement that actually induces the social change. He'll have more and more people behind him. Why? Because of the conversations that I'm talking about. Because of you opening your mind and researching a few things and finding out that you're being lied to and that there are other ways of doing things, you know, not just don't just research the ways you're being lied to, but research alternative ways of living too. you, you know, if you're into that type of thing, research like, uh, you know, living in tiny houses or intentional communities or. Maybe it's just starting your own business or downsizing your house or whatever, like whatever your part can do to just change the societal standards and bring you a happier, healthier life. See, this is what Gandhi, Gandhi said um, when he said, be the change you wish to see in the world. That's how it happens. This is what he meant. We just start changing. We change. I change the way that I think I look at, I look into things and I see the truth. And then, and then I see like, Oh, well I could, I could move to the DR and then I could get some land and move off grid. Oh, that sounds like it's good for me. That's what I like. Okay. So I'll do that. And I'll move in the direction of that. And that's me being a part of positive change because of the energy that it's bringing in. And the new way of thinking that's that people are being exposed to. And then you do it in your way. So and, and, and sometimes it doesn't even it it doesn't express itself or it doesn't manifest um, physically into the world. Maybe you stay at your same job and you stay at your same house and everything stays the same in your life on an external physical level. But you just open your brain and start thinking differently. And you start looking at the government and you start going, okay, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is just foolish. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's all you do is you just look into stuff enough where you go, okay, things have gotten out of hand and they actually are stripping our freedoms. That ain't right. 
and, and then, then you just stop. That's enough. That's you being a change because now your energy field, your energy is shifted. And then your neighbor does it. And then his neighbor does it. And then collectively, when, you know, we're different, we, we, we have a different norm in our brain. We have different expectations of what our leaders should do. And then when all of a sudden some leader comes in front of us that represents what we believe, a whole bunch of us hop on, hop on their back and this massive social change happens and everybody goes, oh my God, I can't believe this leader is so amazing. He did, he changed everything in five years. It was amazing. What a great human being this is. And he was just a spearhead, man. It was all us. It was because society created a new normal within themselves, within their heart, within their mind. That's it. And then hopped on his back. Do you know how many people that sat at home and never did anything externally that actually supported uh, MLK Jr. and Gandhi and all whoever in you know was the spearhead of large social change? There was millions of people sitting at home that never did anything external that helped that happen just because they changed the way they looked at things. And it helped change the collective energy around a particular idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing, peeps. We are changing the collective energy on particular ideas. We're changing what is acceptable. Stripping our freedoms can no longer be acceptable. Funneling money upward can no longer be acceptable. All, you know, the, the, lots of things. Um, your boss treating you like crap, no longer acceptable. There's an employee shortage, man. Use that to your advantage. <laughs> Everything's changing. It's, it's, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen with or without you. It's just going to happen a lot faster with you. And, it, and you know, everything is energy, so it's a wave. Change comes, and, you know, just to give it a visualization, it's, it's energy. And there's a lot of change coming. So a lot of change means a lot of energy. And if you picture it like a wave, what's going to happen? If you catch that wave and ride it, it's going to be a hell of a ride. But if you don't, if you resist the change that's coming, you're going to get wiped out and it ain't going to feel good. If you try holding on to the past right now, everything is changing now, I'm telling you. So if you try to hold on to the old ways of doing things, if you want to romanticize, you know, hey, I, I had a great childhood in a lot of ways, but it wasn't perfect, <laughs> you know. So, you know, oh, the kids today are all messed up. No, they're very spiritually enlightened and they're really conducive to the ch positive changes that are coming. It's just that they're a different generation. People haven't expanded their mind enough to understand them. And every generation does it. As soon as the next generation comes in that's different, all they see is the bad. They don't see the good. All they see is the bad and it's different and they don't understand it. So they, they, they're scared of it. You know, and I'm not saying that there is no bad in younger generations. Of course, there's some bad, but but you know, there's good and bad. They're not they're not going to wreck the world. <laughs> they said we were going to, 
And a previous generation said, you know, uh, two generations said our parents were going to. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Change is going to come. And if you, you know, if you're just busy romanticizing the past, going, oh, everything was wonderful. We should go back to a simpler time. Like when people got shot over a card game. That was simple. Like, the past wasn't perfect either. You know, we're heading towards a bright future. And if we base our thoughts and our outlooks on love and freedom and things that, that we want our lives to actually represent and experience what we want, if we focus on that and start living like that and start thinking like that and start expecting our leaders to act like that instead of the way they act now, we'll start getting it. You know, we're going to. So, you know, just because something's different, don't like lock your brain on it. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought we had a great childhood too, man. You know, I had a blast growing up. But like some of these posts out there, like pretending that everything was utopia back then, like, and, and it's a nightmare now. Like this is what I mean. Question everything. Like when, when I, when I see those posts that like, Oh, you know, like kids can't play outside because they're going to be kidnapped. I actually, you know, if you say that 90% of the people go, I know it's horrible. It's so dangerous for kids nowadays. No, it's not. No, it's not. Child abduction has been dropping since 1970. There was more child abductions when we were kids than there is now. That's a fact. Look it up. You know, now maybe I'm sure some of it has to do with the fact that nobody lets their kid out of their sight freaking two seconds anymore. I'm sure some of it has to do with that. Let's be fair, you know, <laughs> um, but it's not we don't live in this dangerous world that everybody keeps talking about. Everybody goes, oh, the, you know, the violent crime and the murders are like off the charts. Now, the school shootings are messed up, man. Um, but violent crime. And murders are dramatically down from what they used to be. And they have been for a very long time. And everybody, but nobody, under, nobody knows that because everybody runs around going, oh my God, life is so dangerous. We live in such a dangerous world. I know. And nobody stops and goes, is that true? And actually like Googles the statistics. That's what I do. I Google statistics. Go, okay, how many, how many child abductions were there? in the last 50 years. Wow, isn't that interesting? What about violent crime? What about murder? Oh, wow, they're all down, huh? And everybody runs around saying that we live in a more dangerous world now and it's horrible. Why do they say that? It's just because everybody walks around saying it. So everybody just believes it blindly. We don't look into anything. We don't think deeply about anything. We just see a meme that, that, that goes, oh, we live in a dangerous world. Yeah, that seems, sounds right. So we believe it. It's like we got to start looking deeper, people. Start looking deeper into things and start finding out the truth. Don't just believe something because it's, it's a meme. I mean, remember when the internet came out and it was all those jokes because they said, oh, it must be true because it's on the internet. And everybody was like, oh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. You can't trust the internet. And then somehow we get to the point where we stopped questioning anything. And now if 
somebody says it on the internet, then it must be true. And we actually live like that on a freaking meme on Facebook. Yeah. Question things, question things, open your mind, find out the truth. That's how we'll usher in change. You know, we're all good people. We all want love. We all want peace. We all want to raise our children safely. You know, we all want the same things and we can have it. As soon as we stop arguing about the surface BS, you know, that's how they keep us distracted. It's just one more problem. Oh, we'll throw a topic out and they'll argue about it for six months. Cool. Oh. And nothing ever changes. Meanwhile, they're just funneling money, getting crackheads to run for president. Like, it's ridiculous. And everybody's going like, la, 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 la. Do you see the world falling apart? Uh, yeah, but I, I want to argue about the phraseology of the latest turmoil that's going on in the freaking United States. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's just a distraction technique, man. As long as they keep us arguing with each other and, and we don't just slow down and actually question things, they're over there just robbing us blind, you know? So, all right, guys, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you for, for uh, watching, listen, participating. And I saw you, Jenny. Thank you for your comments, Sarah, um, Nat, for getting this uh, conversation started. Um, <clears throat> so, so, yeah, just start try open the mind, try to, you know, think freely, just open your mind, man, and find out the truth about things. Thank you, Nicole. Um, thanks, Michelle. Yeah, you know, open your mind and, and just see what the truth is. Just find out for yourself and question everything. And then just start looking at it for what it is instead of getting caught up in the collective. Uh -huh. Next problem. Oh my God. Like, you know, like look at, look at what's happened in the last five years. There's constantly problems, right? And, and has anything changed in any of them? We have school shootings. Nothing changes, right? Then, then we have the black lives matters and nothing changes. And then we have um, COVID and then nothing changes. And then like all the problems. And then we had, Trump get in office and we have all the problems Then we have Biden in office and then we have all the problems. Do you see all <laughs> that's just all a bunch of noise. You got to disengage from all that and start just going and going, Hmm, something's off. Something's off. They're like stripping freedoms. They're censoring information. They're stealing our money. They're closing small businesses for no apparent reason and funneling money up to the big businesses. They're taking bribes from like, this is enough. This has to stop now, you know, just get to that point or, you know, pick a topic that's close to your heart and have conversations about that. It can look however you want it to look, but just start using your brain because we are intelligent, capable people, man. People think people are dumb. They're not. People are so smart. It's just they're not engaging their brain. They're just going with the wave. I pick this side. I pick that side. And I'm going to prove that I'm right. And then you prove that you're right. 
And it's like, we've been doing that for years now. Like, aren't you guys catching up on the pattern that it doesn't change anything and it's not doing anything and we're getting robbed blind while it's happening? Like, <laughs> disconnect from all that. Pick some that you choose in and talk, lo spread love, spread loving ideas. Talk about that. Feed the positive, feed the positive. Make, make people who steal from the public or kill people with, with medicines um, legally and are not held responsible and all this, make that unacceptable. Like have that as the conversation. And you don't, don't necessarily have to do anything about it. Just be like, you know, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable that, that we have, that, that big pharma has killed all these people and have paid all these billion dollars in, in um, fines for doing illegal things. And the government still lets them do this stuff. Like, I, I'm amazed because, you know, I, I, I've been watching sports and I catch commercials. And, and the commercials, like, what was it? I believe it was... A, it was like an asthma commercial. It was something that is normally not life-threatening. It's usually manageable, something like asthma, right? <clears throat> and they had all these, you know, the warnings that they have for all the medications. And the warnings were against death, stroke, um, and, uh, and, you know, just about everything else under the sun. They, they just list so many of them. It's mind boggling. But, but the point is, is that death and stroke and stuff were, were on the list. And it literally said that death and stroke has occurred in patients because of this. It literally says that for a asthma medication or something manageable, or actually I think it was eczema. I, I, I think it was eczema. I'm pretty sure. So a skin irritation and the government, the FDA approved a medication that literally killed people. People died taking it and they said, it's okay that people died. You guys can put it out on the market to heal skin, a skin problem. And this is acceptable. This is right in front of your face. On TV, and we are so, see, I didn't watch TV for years and stuff, so I'm just getting exposed to these commercials, so this stuff jumps out at me. An eczema medication has killed people, and your federal government said it was good enough to give to you for your skin problem. That blows my mind. I, I, I can't understand how we live in a society that that's acceptable. You, you can induce killing and strokes in people to, to help their skin, and that's okay. That's legal. It's good enough to be legal. And like, what, what, what is unacceptable? If that's acceptable, if it's acceptable to put out a medication to the general public that could possibly kill you to help your skin. If that's acceptable, what is unacceptable? Nothing. There is literally nothing that is unacceptable right now. And this is why we need to start having these conversations. We need to start talking about this stuff. We need to get offended by the way we are being treated.
because they're shoving it right in your face. They put it on TV, on your TV, on a commercial, and they tell you they're doing it. And you're, you're so anesthetized by society because I'm telling you, I, like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be rude to the people who aren't picking up on this stuff. I understand that one of the reasons I'm picking up on it is because I haven't had a TV and I haven't been living in the U.S. So this stuff jumps out at me because I'm not the frog in the hot water that they're slowly boiling to death. So I'm not being constantly exposed to this and then tuning it out when it comes on. If somebody's talking to me on the TV, like I'm like, I'm every commercial. I, I don't know of a commercial that I'm not offended by. I don't like the energy of any commercial because it's sheer manipulation. They don't talk about their product or how good it is or in any type of realism. It's sheer manipulation. They'll, they're like, you should buy a car because you'll be a good person and a good American and you'll be a good parent if you buy a car. And it's like, wait, buying a car has nothing to do with being a good parent. And nobody stops and goes, what? That's a little bit out there. We're just anesthetized to it. It's just, it's just noise, <laughs> you know? And meanwhile, people are just manipulating and lying and, you know, all the time. It's constantly lies on television, commercial and marketing. It's, it, it's probably 75% lies, outright lies. And nobody even does anything any, about it anymore. Just like, yeah, it's marketing. It wasn't, 30 years ago, you used to get in trouble for lying on television. Now you don't and say whatever you want. And then, and if anybody, then, then they'll, they'll do like a little study. They'll do a little study like with 15 people and they'll, they'll do it 30 times until they get the result that they want. And then they'll be like, no, look, we, we did this study and that's, you know, so there's our evidence. So no, it's true. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, a tough, tough world to navigate. Love and peace when the majority don't want unity. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, now it, it's a tough world to navigate. Love and peace when the majority doesn't want unity. Unacceptable. Who pays our government? How do we change? Solution? Higher power? It's what we have to do. Is is stop? Like this is why I'm saying like stop being drawn in by the arguments and, and just start going, these people are unacceptable. What, what the way, uh, the fact that we are lied to on a daily basis on television is unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. And we have to start talking to each other about it. And we have to start telling people, Hey, did you notice this commercial? Don't, you know, that's a lie. That's bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then, you know, if you want to do more, do more, you can, you can write your congressman or, or, you know, whatever, you, you know, <laughs> do whatever you want, but it's talking, you know, we have to talk to, to one another and make this unacceptable. We have to create a new norm amongst ourselves, amongst ourselves. Um, let's see, what was this one? Uh, promoting healthy food that is not healthy really irks me. And how 50 of the ingredients we can't even pronounce are, are yet they still eat it. Right. You know, this is the type of stuff that has to be common knowledge. We have to know where we, we all have to walk around knowing that we are lied to consciously, knowing that this stuff is BS, knowing that we can't trust them. 
So, and, and like, once we are actually conscious and we, our eyes are open, I, I know it kind of sounds a little, um, it sounds ridiculous or, or it sounds like it's not going to change anything, but I'm telling you, I promise you it will. This is how change takes place when enough. It, and it's not just um, community oriented. It, it, it works. It's a dynamic. This is what I understand is I understand dynamics. So it, it works with one person and it works for a community. So therefore it's going to work with a community of people because what is society? It's just a group of people. If the dynamic works with one, it's going to work with all. So, so what happens is once you wake up and you start understanding the truth and start going, okay, wait a minute, that's unacceptable that the government does that. That's unacceptable that business does that. See, most people think that that's not enough. It is enough. Because it changes your energy and it changes the way you think. So down at the core, the way you think. Right now, people are walking around going, well, there's nothing we can do. I mean, the government makes the changes. And, rah, 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 rah. and it, it, that's why we're stuck. Because the collective energy or the collective thought system is that we can't do anything. That's the collective. So we dismiss information that upsets us. We won't look at it. We get caught up arguing because we're trying to feel safe and we want to pick the right side. So we feel safe for 30 seconds. And all this distraction technique and all this stuff is because we're not, we, we, we don't want to look at it because it's too scary. La, 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 la. So if you just open your mind and find out the truth and change and you're walking around understanding that you have your eyes open and you understand what's happening and you, you you feel that it's unacceptable and change is absolutely mandatory. Just walking around feeling like that. What happens is all of a sudden when you walk around feeling like that, right? And then all of a sudden the leader comes up in front of you on your newsfeed that's, that's doing this. You go send them $10 or you go follow her and you and and you listen to what she's saying and then all of a sudden you find a way to take action or they start they decide to run for president and then you go vote for them or like who knows my point is is if you're if your mind is clear and you're looking at things realistically and you understand the reality of the world in which you live and that it's unacceptable the way it is, you will just automatically look for things that are going to change it for the better. You will just automatically do that. And then when you run across it, you'll take action on it or you'll feed it in some way. Maybe with a comment, maybe with an action, who knows? But that is how change starts taking place. But it starts inside of us. We have to open our eyes. We have to see the reality of what is going on. And this is why the kids are going to help us. Because if you go to any millennial or younger and you say, is it acceptable <clears throat> that, um, that, that big business uh, destroys the earth solely to make profits? Every one of them, give or take, uh, is going to say, no, it's unacceptable. It just shouldn't happen. It's just it's <laughs> now previous generations. We go, well, it's business and I understand. And, you know, maybe it's not that simple. And we rationalize because it was normal to us growing up. These younger kids like, no, it's ridiculous. So what's going to happen when these kids get into charge in charge and they're running these businesses and they're like, these businesses are like, yeah, we, we destroy the earth. That's what we do. They're either going to not work for them. So they're just, they're going to end up going out of business or they're going to create better businesses that do 
better things without destroying the earth. And those businesses are, are going to explode and they're going to blow out the big ones that are destroying the earth. This is how the change is going to take place. This is how these kids are going to, to, to help us shift the world because what's acceptable to the younger kids, like all this stuff that I'm talking about is completely unacceptable to millennials and younger. We're the problem. The older people are the problem. We're the ones that are still intoxicated by the world we grew up in. The younger people are going, this is ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. And a lot of them are like, I'm not even taking part in this because it's so ridiculous. Good. <laughs> I know, There's more to it. I think kids should work and all that stuff. I'm not, not, I'm not going down that road. <clears throat> but my point is, you know, we've got we've got it coming in with their generations. They already think like this. So like we it, it's it's our job to help that. So as we change, as we change our motivational thinking, our core thinking down at the bottom, the, what we look for changes. What we expect changes. The way we speak to one another changes about different topics. And that is what collectively ends up changing the world. It, it mushrooms into something else, into something else, into something else. And then all of a sudden you have the majority of people thinking and talking and behaving this way and in agreement, because it's not difficult to agree with what I'm saying. Like, you know, stripping freedom shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be legal. Um, you know, stealing the average person's money shouldn't be legal. The government, you know, like these things shouldn't be happening. That's not rocket science. It's just, it shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, people in charge should not be stealing and robbing and killing everybody underneath them. Well, pretty simple. So we have to start just realizing that that's what's happening and standing up just within ourselves and changing the dynamic, the conversations. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's enough, but this is everything is a grassroots movement. It starts with how we feel inside, which determines our the way we speak, our actions, what we're looking for, which affects other people around us, which affects the collective consciousness uh, that we call society. And then when society is all standing around going, yeah, this is ridiculous. And then, you know, so, and, and uh, look at India, you know, look at Gandhi. This is what Gandhi did. He got, there was enough collective people that said, no, we're just going to sit here and do nothing. We're just going to passively resist the BS that they're attempting to do to us. And they won. Why? Because collectively, they all thought the same way. This is ridiculous, and I'm not putting up with it. That's where we got to get to. That's the unity that we're seeking. It's not about which party is going to do it. That's an argument. Uh who looks at, well, well, I want to, I want to agree on the right way to have peace. I want to agree the right way to live our life. No, that's all diversity. That's, that's, that, that's argument. What's going on is unacceptable. We're all losing except the top 1%. That's unacceptable, period. That's it. That's all we have to agree on. So go find your whatever your evidence is that you need to find to, to see the truth and really lock in and say the way society is going is unacceptable. 
and we need to change it. And once you really embody that energy and that feeling, and you start talking like that, and you start acting like that, and you start looking for things to do to support positive change, instead of complaining about whatever negative thing is on the news at this particular moment, once we all start doing that, we'll, we'll unite under that. This is unacceptable. That's what we have to unite over. Not a particular topic. What's going on is unacceptable. That's it. So, all right. Wow, this went long. <laughs> all right, cool. <clears throat> thank you, everybody. <clears throat> Thanks for listening. And thank you for your participation. And, you know, and, and, and thank you. Just you guys listening to this and, and watching this is already, you're already doing something. You know, you're, you really are. You're, you're opening up your mind and you're hearing a perspective and that's where it all begins. So thank you. All right. I'm out. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly.